Hello everybody, my name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today we're going to be talking about Al Mohler. He is listed as a defendant in a defamation lawsuit. That is the David Sills versus the SBC lawsuit. He has sued the Southern Baptist Convention and 10 other individuals and entities. One of those is Al Mohler. Another one is Southern Baptist Theological Seminary where Al Mohler is president. Al, Al Mohler undoubtedly lied about Jennifer Lyell being a victim of sex abuse. Jennifer Lyell did not suffer anything that was remotely close to sex abuse. Yet, the Southern Baptist Convention has had a lot riding on the narrative that she is a sex abuse victim. In the David Sills lawsuit filing, we get some insight as to why Al Mohler specifically would choose to partake in the lie. So, that's what we're going to be talking about in this video. So, just a brief catch-up for those who are new, because if you are new, subscribe to the Evangelical Dark Web and also like this video as well. Uh, David Sills has sued the Southern Baptist Convention for lying and calling him a sex abuser. They've labeled him a sex abuser, including, but not limited to including him on a sex abuser database that was circulated by Guidepost Solutions, another defendant in the lawsuit. But Guidepost basically is this law firm, this pagan law firm that is effectively running the show at the Southern Baptist Convention. And the investigation that they did in that was published in 2020 was used to attack Enemies of the inner circle of elites of the Southern Baptist Convention. So, if you were opposed to Rachel Denhollander, if you were opposed to Russell Moore, if you were opposed to Al Mohler to some extent, and most certainly if you were opposed to Kevin E. Zell, who's the most powerful man in the Southern Baptist Convention, this thing went after you. Uh, you know, went after people like Rod Martin and went after people like Mike Stone. And in the process, it also labeled people sex abusers who weren't sex abusers. And one of those people is David Sills. And it included a photo of him, which was meant to be prejudicial, as they did not have a photo of every person that they call a sex abuser in their database, which was mostly public domain. It's not like this was... This was a hidden database. However, ironically enough, the people in the Southern Baptist Convention prior to the investigation thought that if we circulate this database of publicly domain names, but nonetheless, if we start calling people sex abusers, we could get sued. And it turns out the Southern Baptist Convention has now started calling people sex abusers, and now they're getting sued for defamation because they called someone a sex abuser that didn't commit sex abuse. I mean, Jennifer Lyle was 26 years old when, when these events started. Uh, David Sills has insisted that they didn't have a sexual relationship. Uh, and then the argument that this was an abusive relationship really relies on the seminary professor-student dynamic when the student's an adult. doesn't really make sense. The fact that he's a man, which is most... And the most important detail, the most important evidence of a power dynamic 
because Jennifer Lyell was the most powerful woman in the Southern Baptist Convention. She was a high-level executive at Lifeway. She had a lot of power when it came to what books could be published or not published. So she could really advance someone's career or sandbag someone's career uh, on a whim. That's the type of power that she had as an executive at Lifeway. So let's dive into the lawsuit now that I've provided enough of a catch-up for those who are new. And uh, so this is the lawsuit filing. It's about 35 pages in all. So we're going to be taking a look at uh, section 32 and going to like section 38 or something like that. So not a huge stretch of this lawsuit, but what we, what we have is a story here. And section 32 begins, Miss Lyle, a seasoned writer and publishing executive, including at one time for defendant SBC and Lifeway, defendants F SBC and Lifeway, because each are being sued individually, but together in this, uh, coordinated and implemented a devastating attack against David Sills after he ended their consensual adult relationship. So again, David Sills contends that this was a consensual relationship the entire time. And another thing that he says is that he ended the relationship and it doesn't say it here, but it says it elsewhere in the filing that she wanted to continue the relationship. So you're getting like crazy ex-girlfriend vibes a little bit from this side of the story. Who knows how true that part is. But I know from Jennifer Lyle's side of the story that, you know, she was not a victim. She was not abused. I know from her side of the story that much. And then when you add, ask the other person, which would be David Sills, all of a sudden it wasn't a sexual relationship. All of a sudden he tried to end it. All of a sudden he took responsibility for it and then was labeled as a scapegoat at a, at a later time. So, and then it, section 32 ends by saying she did not act alone. Section 33 in the in spring 2018, Miss Lyle confessed to defendants Geiger, Lifeway, SBC, Executive Committee, Seminary, and Muller about her affair with Dr. Sills. Geiger, who's might be the most unfamiliar name at this point, is the head of Lifeway at this time. Or it, it basically uh, Lyle's boss at this time. Lyle had not anticipated the significant amount of negative reaction she would receive within the SBC community. The negative opinions threatened her powerful vice president position at Lifeway, a subsidiary of SBC. So basically, she told the story how she originally told the story. And... That left people with no choice but to think that she was having an affair with David Sills. That she's the adulterous woman. Uh, so, that couldn't stand. That was an unsustainable position for Lyle to hold. So, right now, Lyle's the ringleader. Uh, this is spring of 2018. 
Shortly after initiating the disclosure and reporting by Lyle, defendant Geiger was promoted to the position of senior pastor at an SBC megachurch in Orange County, California. In this same period, defendant Mueller was presented an opportunity. So here's where we get into conspiracy territory, but the timing is very favorable for uh, David Sills's case. Mueller was reeling from public scorn for having publicly supported his friend C.J. Mahaney, the former leader of Sovereign Grace Ministries, after Mahaney allegedly covered up incidents of child abuse. Mueller was looking for and found in Lyell's story an opportunity to restore his own public reputation in the Southern Baptist Convention, particularly on the subject of concealed sex abuse. Notably, in a subsequent statement made in February 2019 in an effort to distance himself from Mahaney, Mueller said that when he signed a statement in 2013 supporting Mahaney, he had thought an independent investigation of the allegations of sexual and domestic abuse had been initiated. He had said that he didn't learn until the prior year that Mahaney and other Sovereign Grace ministry leaders had not participated in that investigation. Mahaney presently maintains his position as senior pastor in Louisville, where Mueller lives. So another interesting thing about this lawsuit, people from all over the country are listed as defendants, but it's taking place in Mobile County, Alabama. So C.J. Mahaney and the story of Sovereign Grace Ministries, uh, this is, again, Kind of what happens in Big Eva circles. You know a bunch of people. You know a bunch of megachurch pastors. They're not all fine dudes. C.J. Mahaney uh, was a hyper-charismatic kind of guy, but was also into Calvinism, so he kind of like bridged that gap. I believe he also converted from Arminianism into Calvinism, which made him a bit of a spectacle in Big Eva, so he was invited to all sorts of conferences. Uh, he's a leader of Sovereign Grace Ministries, a kind of a mega church organization, but kind of a parachurch ministry at the same time, is what they were. And this was based, I believe, in my neck of the woods, but south of me in uh, Maryland and Northern Virginia, I believe, is where this was all based. And Sovereign Grace Ministries had a mediocre rise and a mediocre fall. And this was years ago. This was like over six years ago. So a little bit before my time on Evangelical Dark Web. But nonetheless, uh, that's who C.J. Mahaney is. And Al Mohler has a lot of friends. And he, I guess, stuck up for his friend and got burned for it and was trying to look for an opportunity. And I'm being gracious to Al Mueller by saying he was sticking up for his friends and got burned for it. But we're not going to be as gracious when we point out the fact that 
Uh, he then would lie about Jennifer Lyle. He would lie about David Sills to further a negative and liberal agenda in the Southern Baptist Convention. And we have to keep in mind, Al Mohler is not a conservative in the Southern Baptist Convention. He has fired countless conservatives from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, including, and most notably, Dr. Russell Fuller, who is a genius on the Old Testament. Uh, he has also hired a lot of liberal professors, and there would not have been a Resolution 9 in 2019, so right around these events, without Al Mohler, because he platformed Cur Curtis Woods, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the other woke professors' names, but Curtis Woods being the biggest, uh, or at least one of the most obvious of those examples. So Al Mohler's not a conservative. Let's just get that straight. Uh, you can point most of the bad hiring decisions they, the, in the Southern Baptist Convention. They all have connections to Al Mohler. They, they just do. So, Al Mohler needed to rehab his rep, so he took advantage of David Sills, who was a repentant man. He wanted to beat up on, and because he's presented as repentant, I'm going to believe that. Uh, he wanted to beat up on a repentant believer to puff up his own image. Section 36. The Southern Baptist Convention, or the SBC, had also not anticipated the public reaction and sought to control it. Unable to stand, withstand the backlash, in March 2019, Miss Lyle rebranded what she had reported, or what she had first reported about the affair. In furtherance of that effort, and directly reporting to defendants Geiger, Lifeway, SBC, Executive Committee, Seminary, and Muller, Defendant Lyle offered to write about the affair. Specifically, Miss Lyle, the highest ranking woman in the Southern in the SBC at the time, offered to write for the public relations arm of the Defendant Executive Committee, namely Baptist Press. Now Baptist Press is or Baptist Pravda is a subsidiary of the executive committee. The executive committee owns Baptist Press. They operate Baptist Press. Baptist Press is a Southern Baptist entity in a sense, but it is not a cooperative program entity, just so you understand where how funding and all this other stuff works. Uh, and I believe Lyle sued Baptist Press for uh, defamation, and there's a settlement there. Defendants Moeller and Seminary urged Lyle to write the public relations piece. This offer was meaningful for the SBC and Executive Committee as defendants, SBC and Executive Committee were experiencing extensive criticism for their alleged mishandling of significant sexual abuse cases. Upon information and belief, the proposed article by Miss Lyell 
was expected to demonstrate the SBC's reformative efforts in addressing sex abuse cases, including against many tender-aged victims. At the time, at that time, Miss Lyle allegedly promoted the piece as a way to document online Dr. Sills' purported record of abuse so as to prevent him from obtaining employment. And uh, I guess we'll read through uh, 39 is where we'll stop. This is section 38. Defendant SBC Lifeway Lyell Geiger Executive Committee Lytton McLaurin Slade Seminary and Muller, each of them understood the value of making an example out of an S- out of SBC member and employee David Sills who without controversy had admitted to an affair with Lyell and willingly accepted the SBC requirement that he depart from his position at the seminary so because two names were uh, brought up uh, McLaurin and Slade McLaurin is currently the interim uh, chairman or is it president? I don't know. He's in charge of the executive committee currently in an interim fashion. I'm not sure whether they made that permanent or not. Uh, Roland Slade's name is also brought up. He is also a major player in the executive committee and inside SBC politics. So. All right. In essence, defendants saw an opportunity to improve their, uh, improve their the appearance and reputation of SBC's handling of abuse cases long under fire, even though there had not been any legitimate and proper investigation into the allegations, nor was Dr. Sills adequately informed of the specific nature and extent of accusations made by Lyell. Section 39 where we'll close. Nonetheless, David Sills was repentant and obedient to the rules of the SBC. Defendants saw him as easy target, as an easy target, a bona fide scapegoat. And there's a footnote, footnote seven, I guess. See Leviticus 16 verses 21 and 22. It's, I thought it was funny that they threw a Bible verse in there. So, Basically, the SBC needed to rehab their image. Al Mohler needed to rehab his image after supporting C.J. Mahaney. And David Sills alleges that that is why Al Mohler lied about David Sills and Jennifer Lyle. That is why, during the height of the Me Too era, this is during the height of Me Too, Al Mohler pushed the Me Too agenda in the Southern Baptist Convention to save his own legacy. Because that, at the end of the day, is what Al Mohler most cares about. That is the most consistent behavior of Al Mohler. He cares about his legacy. He cares about his standing in the SBC power politics and with the world as well. That's why you've seen him pivot a little bit to a more theologically orthodox direction this year. However, he's backsliding a little bit because he's not that conservative at all. So, Al Mohler's 
is an animal. He is kind of predictable in that fashion. You're not quite sure what he's going to flip-flop on, whether it be, you know, his view on sexual orientation, his view on feminism and egalitarianism, or his views on critical race theory. But you do know you can't trust him. So, that's all we got for today's update on what I think might be the biggest story remaining of the year. Could be wrong, but we'll see. But this is a huge story to change and expose the evil within the Southern Baptist Convention. So, subscribe to the Evangelical Dark Web to keep an eye on this story. Check out EvangelicalDarkWeb.org. There's a free newsletter. And if you want to support Evangelical Dark Web, dot org we have a patreon like system at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join all of this is linked in the description below have a blessed day let me know what you think about what i think and we will catch you on the next one